This is the UTS Podcast, an independent podcast following Cheltenham Saracens RFC and grassroots rugby in Cheltenham. Alrighty then, come on in and seat yourselves down and get comfortable. You are listening to the UTS Podcast. I am Dan Lodge and I am your host. No Mark Moxie Collier, but we'll hear from him a little bit later on. And of course, I am coming to you live. Almost. Uh, And I'm back in Cheltenham now, no longer walking around the grounds at Stormont like I was on last month's episode. Before we get going, please let me remind you that this is a completely independent podcast. We are not financed by the club we are financed by ourselves. Everything we do, the SoundCloud, the uh, social media plugins, all of that stuff comes directly out of our own pockets, the website as well. So everything is paid for by us and we give it to you completely free. We don't ask for any financial gain in return. Just here, it's yours. You have it for free. Download it, keep it forever, whatever you want to do. And uh, we basically we only ask the one thing we do ask is that you do share it on social media whatever platforms you use facebook twitter instagram snapchat whatsapp email someone if you want put it up on linkedin share share the link on linkedin if you want if you use that i have an account i don't think it's even got a profile picture because i'm lazy and yet to do that but whatever social media platforms you use please help us spread the word and the stories of all of our wonderful guests And of course, if you know anyone in the local area who would like to financially support us and would like to advertise on the podcast, drop us an email, tell us about it. Obviously, maybe mention to them that you're going to do that as well. Don't just be like, surprise, I've put your name forward for sponsoring a show. You know, go and talk to them Uh, and email us, utspodcast at gmail.com. Set that header as advertising. Okay, a bit of a long one on this one, but we've got a genuine reason for it. We've got Rich Pruer from uh, Cheltenham North coming on to talk to us about being president of uh, our northern rivals. Okay, so maybe you're listening to this and you're from the north and you've never listened to this show and you're not quite sure what goes on and you're not quite sure what to expect. Basically, this is a storytelling podcast. We sit down, myself and Mark Moxie Collier, sit down with our friends and we basically chat grassroots rugby in Cheltenham. Originally, it was a Saris-only podcast, and we were the official podcast of Cheltenham Saracens RFC, and, you know, we won't go into reasons why we're not now, but we are completely independent. So we've had some people on from other clubs as well. We've had uh, Chris Bowen Towner from Cheltenham Tigers. We've had Wayne Smallman and Gareth Rogers on from Norton. So there have been other guys who have come on, Uh, who like to share their stories with us and have a bit of a chat about grassroots rugby from back in the day and in from the present time as well, I suppose. I think this might actually be the first one where we've had someone from Cheltenham North on. And it's great to see them on the rise. It's great to see them doing well because, okay, rivalries aside, you want, realistically, you want everyone to do well. And we kind of talk on this a little bit in uh, in the podcast itself, in the chat with Rich, where... You know, you want everyone to do, be doing well because then, you know, if everyone's pushing forward, that's a that's a good thing for rugby in general in Cheltenham. And don't get me wrong, you still want to be top of the pyramid, you still want to be top of the totem pole and be the most successful club in town. But surely then if everyone's pushing in the right direction and everyone's doing well and they're winning and the success is everywhere, surely then if you're still on top of the pyramid, that makes you look even better. 
right? That's the way it works. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, everyone can keep doing really, really well. And we touch on Smiths a little bit and civil service in the chat. Uh, so have a little bit of a lookout for that. Uh, so, yeah, it's great to see teams in Cheltenham doing well. And hopefully going into next season, that can really kick on. Great to see Cheltenham North getting promoted back into Gloucester, Pre into Gloucester Premier this season, actually. I was right. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed that'll be a really competitive one. We talk quite a bit about Gloucester Premier and for next season. So, yeah, congratulations to Cheltenham North, even if they did leave it to uh, the last kick uh, of the game. <laughs> so, Rich Brewer joins us. And he's now the president of Cheltenham North. And we are, we're actually really grateful that he's come on and he's willing to take up his time and join us and talk about his new role and his history with local Cheltenham at the North and the friendships he's got at the Saris. And hopefully everything goes really well and really smoothly for him and the North. And hopefully he'll have brought a few listeners from the North over to this one. And uh, later on, after the chat, we will tell you on how to listen to other shows if you enjoy what you've heard. Before we get stuck in, though, earlier this week, I spoke to Mark Moxie Collier on the phone to find out what has happened with the Pups and the Cubs this past couple of weeks. For the Cubs, we had our uh, awards end of season barbecue and the, the award winners were Chris Jones won the Clubman. Most improved was Riley Beeston. Coach's player was Ty Ray Townsend, and the player's player went to Jacob Burke. Um, well done, boys, but also well done to everyone. They've all been absolutely amazing this year. Um, as, as as we all know, they they were winners of the county festival, and unfortunately, they were runners up to Lydney at the Berry Hill Festival. They won all but three of their fixtures this season. So um. Wow, what a, what a what a great start to their rugby uh, rugby lives. On to the under sixteens, we had our awards dinners. Are we? We actually had this one. This was the um, the first proper. I'll, I'll say in inverted commas, um, everyone was suited and booted and, and looked, looked brilliant. Okay, the award winners were the clubman was Leo Daubney. Most improved was Jaden Hughes. Coaches player went to Fred. Fred Griffin, and players player went to Greiler, Alex Edwards. Well done, boys. And the same again. You know, well done to everyone. Um, this season they played 16, and they won 8, and unfortunately lost 8. No County Cup this year, which was, as expected, a big mistake by the GRFU, in, in my opinion. Uh, overall, yeah, good season from the boys. We had representatives in the district, the county, Gloucester, and the Welsh Exiles, so amazing. Well done, boys. On to next year as under-17s. Thank you very much, Moxie, for all the updates on the youth section throughout this month and this season, to be fair. The last uh, 12 months has flown by. Congratulations as well to everybody who uh, won an award at the barbecue or the dinner and dance this year. Now, Moxie is pretty much responsible for setting this interview up for making this go ahead so we'll jump right in and we'll go and get started rich pruitt is the brand new president of cheltenham north and we're going to talk to him and find out how this actually all came about 
The UTS Podcast is brought to you by... Hey guys, this show is brought to you by Tone Radio, the student radio station at the University of Gloucestershire. Tone Radio broadcasts all day, every day on the internet, right from Park Campus at Cheltenham, and brings you a mix of new releases, student artists, hidden gems, classics, and everything in between for numerous genres of music. They also bring you some great chat and sports coverage with the Tone Football Show on a Monday and Friday and the Team Gloss Show on a Wednesday afternoon. They've also got a brand new show out, Tone at Two, on Friday afternoons at two o'clock, hosted partly by myself and our head of music, Jack Buckley. So we literally have something for everyone. If you want to listen live or find out more, head over to toneradio.co.uk or search for it on the TuneIn app. So that's toneradio.co.uk and one more time, toneradio.co.uk. Um, Billy Summers, the previous president, had, you know, he, he decided he'd had enough. It's a lot of commitment. Um, and I was approached in um, September, February, eighteen, and because of my work, I said, unfortunately, if I was going to do it, I'd like to do it, but I, I want to give it the commitment it deserved. Um, and I was on a six-month contract, so I said I'd look, review it in March. Unfortunately, they extended my contract for another year, um, and I'd already made the commitment to say I'd do it. So. Um, I was a bit unsure at first, but, you know, I'm finding it okay. I am able to give it, um, you know, the time it deserves, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really proud. It's, you know, it's a massive deal for me, you know, uh, the, my club of the north um, since I was, what, 15. Um, and to be afforded that honour is fantastic. What does it entail then, being president? What does that bring? Um, <clears throat> it's kind of... Um, you sit on a committee, you obviously sit on the committee yeah. and stuff like that. But it's more about representing the club at, you know, different events and promoting the club and, you know, just being an ambassador, really. Yeah, OK. Oh, that's... It's, it's, it, it is really interesting, you know. <clears throat> People spend a lot of, you know, time and effort and, and money sponsoring the club. Um, you know, and there's, you know, lots of pictures of stuff on the walls. And, and it's about making sure you thank them, let them know what the club's all about, the history, etc., you know, people go on about the history, and I suppose I do. I do myself, um, and I'm, you know, I am proud of the club's history. But it's about looking forward now. You know, we've got a really good mini and junior section, um, and it's about you know driving the club forward. Are you sort of? Um, are you going to be really sort of hands on and and, and try and get obviously with, with work permitting? Try and uh, get well. But we've we've got a really good coaching team. You know, Isaiah Young, he's made a massive impact since he's come in. You know, we're playing with the same uh, bunch of lads that started off the season poorly. Um, I've, they've now got a a bit of North Dog, I think. Um, you know, you, you can coach skill and ability, but you can't coach, can't coach passion. Um, and I think that's what the North have got now. They're, they're you know, we're, we're passionate again. We have got a lot of the old spirit back. Um and it's it's really nice to be around there. It it got to a stage where you know at one point, as much as I love the club, it was difficult to watch the standard of rugby that was being played, especially when you got Saris doing so well and they're just up the road. 
yeah. um, you know, from my house. So it was great. You know, if I wanted to watch a decent game, I'd go and watch the Saris. But I'm really looking forward to um, the games next year because that's a hell of a league. That is, that is, there are a lot of strong teams in it's that great, league. It's great, isn't it? And um, from my perspective, I think if we could finish mid-table, that would be, I would see that as success for us. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I think that there, there are some really strong teams, really good squads, um, and we've got to start developing a second team. You know, I'm I'm nearly 60 now. I'm going to tell you what, I'd put on a shirt if I had to, to get a second team out next year. It's really important for us. Have, have you been struggling, have you? With, with... Yeah. Um, we, we, we've got a second team out a few times, but... Um, We've just got no strength in depth, no competition for places. Um, and that's something we're missing. I think it's difficult with so many clubs in Cheltenham. You know, what is it? Seven clubs, local clubs or localish clubs. Right, okay, yeah. All vying for players. Um, if you're any good, you want to go off and get paid, which is which is great. You know, it, it, it sort of didn't happen in my day. You know, you played for the club you want to play for. You know, you might go off and have a couple of seasons, but you'd always go back to your club. But... Um, it's kind of mercenary now, and you can't blame the kids. You know, they want to if they want to earn a living, then yeah. you know why shouldn't they? But we're, we're then all the the local clubs then are vying for all the players that are left, and I think it's tough. Yeah, I mean, at the Saris, we we although we we got a second team out quite a bit, we we did struggle. There was there was no two weeks where we had the same the same team. Yeah, and that was a, a bit of a nightmare. That's why. I think that we, we, we sort of struggled with results. Yeah, but I think what the Saris do well, and, you know, Saris are my, I would say Saris are my second club. I, I've, I get on well with everybody at the Saris. They're a great bunch. The hospitality is second to no other club in the town. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of mates up there. But um, what I would say, what they've done for Hester's way in general, the social value that they've, um, that they offer, that, you know, the Locks Hester's way or, you know, the work um, Buster and the rest of the mini and junior coaches are doing, offering um, kids from the area a place to go, you know, a place, you know, a place to make new mates, a place for sport, keeps them hanging off the streets and, and brings them into a, you know, brings them into a sport that, you know, they, they can be passionate about, you know, they can vent all their frustrations, you know, you get on that pitch and, you know, you can change, you know, is it? It's not all about winning, but it's about sportsmanship, gamesmanship, and you know that um, that team bonding that I miss tremendously. You know, I, you know, I went on about history earlier, um, but of everything I miss is the banter in the dressing room, it's getting out on that pitch, playing for each other, and if we can instill that into a lot of the young kids, you know, like Sarah's are doing, um, it's massive. I think our demographic's different. You know, I think uh, we're in the middle of Bishop's Cleave. Um, so we've got to work hard to get out there and start encouraging. But when you've got Cheltenham on the doorstep with their setup, you know, yeah. which is a lot better than ours, um, it, it's good, it's tough. But you know, we we've got a fantastic committee. We're working really hard uh, to get things right on and off the pitch, and we're we're in a good place. We're in a better place than we've been for a long time. Good. I mean, that's, you know, rivalries aside from any any team, you, you don't want to see anyone go through. Difficulties, you know, sort of off the pitch, really. No, but you look at the likes of Treadworth. I mean, the, the history Treadworth had, and you know, they folded. Yeah, okay, they are. Well, as far as I'm aware, they've still folded. They, if they have come back, good. But um, no, you, you you don't want people folding, and you know, you want that close rivalry in town. And I don't mean this disrespectfully, but it would have been great if Cheltenham come down. So, you know, you Sarries North, um, 
Cheltenham, um, Cheltenham, you know, you've got Long Levens just up the road, all the Gloucester yeah. sides. You know, it, it would have been great, you know. Yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. Obviously, Smiths are coming up, aren't they? In, yeah. Uh, they, c- civil Service, they when they when they played in the, in the Combination Cup, yeah, well, they, they Ollie, were very good. Yeah, Ollie, he's doing a fantastic job there. He, mm. You know, an old North boy. Um, lovely, lovely kid. He's, you know, he, his mentality is right. Um, and, and serv- you know, service are doing really well. It's a pity they never went up last year. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they absolutely stuffed our seconds, mm. um, you know, but uh, that, that was a lot of our Colts team. And, of course, you've got the two Chris's, um, Raymond and Longy at uh, Smith's. Yeah. They're doing a fantastic, you know, some of the, the level of rugby I'm seeing Smith's play now, I've never seen it before, ever. You know, Smith's were always whipping boys, but, you know, they're a good, strong bunch now. And I think they'll do well next year. Yeah, I mean, that that, that sort of started, that, that resurgence started a couple of years ago when... We were still training at um, Prince of Wales Stadium. Um, they, the Smiths boys came on to train just as we were coming off. And they turned up with 40, 50 blokes. Mm. And to see that from a, with, with a team that you know you, you haven't really sort of heard about for a long time, yeah. I think yeah. that's brilliant. Well, Smiths were always um, a social club. Yeah. You know, they, they were a great bunch of lads, didn't really care about the rugby too much. You know, you had people like um, Paul and Johnny Workman, you know, um, Gerald Owen, some, some, you know, good players. Yeah. But it was just about, you know, the uh, the crack, getting up town on a Saturday and having fun. And to an extent, you know, in the Saris history, Saris was like that. Yeah. You know, they were, they were always good side, probably a little bit better than Smith's. Um, but it was always about um, the crack. You'd go out and you would have the crack. And I think what Saris have done very well is they've now got this first team that are a very good side you know they play some cracking rugby um no superstar you know you've got people like butler but um you know i wouldn't say it's a team full of superstars it's it's a team full of people with a good rugby playing ability um that play for each other and know how to win a game but you you, you've got that other level you know the the morrises uh, you know, Morris Chapman, Eddie Walsh in the background, making sure that you haven't lost what Saris are all about, which is that, you know, getting on the lash, drinking games, um, making anybody welcome that comes to the club and making it a, a, such a vibrant place to be. Yeah, obviously Morris has got a few other ideas as well, but just likes to take his clothes off and things, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, my, my history with Saris, people like Mark Harris, you know, he's such um, a cracking bloke. I can't, you know, the amount of times I hit him and he got up, it was it was embarrassing. Was that so, in the bar? <laughs> but you know, somebody like you know, he is he is as hard as nails. Mm. Mark Harris is one of the hardest rugby players I've ever played against. Yeah, you know, um, you know, but he he epitomises for me what Saris are all, all about. He straight in, shakes your hand, buys your beer. Eddie Walsh, same. Jimmy O'Shea, same. Yeah. You know, fantastic bunch of guys and. You know, long may, long may it continue. I'll say it's just up the road from me and um, it's perfect. When the in-laws come down or, um, <laughs> you know, we just want to wander up the road, it's, it's great. Yeah, brilliant. Um, obviously, you're talking now about playing or whatever. Um, when did it all start for you, playing? Uh, well, I was 15. Um, I played a few games at the North um, with through a school teacher. But Billy Summers, the ex-president, and a guy called Sam Hope were, were there and... Um, and Pete Faraday, all, all from Oral. Um, and we don't know, when I, me and a lad called uh, Colin Hancock, he's, he's sadly passed away now. He, but uh, we went up there, we had a few games for the North, and in the fifths, 
and it was um, those were the days in the fifths. Bloody hell! Yeah. Um, but it, but it was you know it was it was all right. It, it was fun. And then when I was seventeen, I went to civil service with a guy called Ian Curlin. Um, and I had a, a season, two seasons down there, and I loved that. That was a, that was a good grounding for me. You know, I was propping behind the likes of Dave Townsend, Bobby Hamilton. Um, you know, some some really good players. Um, and you know, they, they brought me, and then um, Malcolm does what Malcolm Kedward does. Um, you know, you, you feel a tap on your shoulder. You know, we think you do well at the North. Do you want to come along? Um, and I hadn't looked back. You know, it's uh, I had a, a season at Cheltenham. Uh, which I enjoyed, and at the time I used to plan a Wednesday for Cheltenham. Uh, they'd be short, and it was usually um, over the bridge to play against some Welsh side that <laughs> knocked seven bells <laughs> out of you. But yeah. uh, it was um, it was good. I enjoyed the Ch- I enjoyed Cheltenham. Um, had a few county caps. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know my if I could change anything about my rugby career, I suppose it would be discipline. You know, we spoke about um, you know the the game against Ross, and it, there was a, a lot of irony in it because where we what we'd done, we'd lacked discipline. We 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 had the passion, but it would turn into frustration sometimes, and we'd lack discipline. So there's me having been you know there wasn't yellow cards in my day. You were sent straight off. So eleven times I was off in my <laughs> career. So I'm stood in a circle of guys preaching discipline and i thought you know if only you bloody new fellas <laughs> so when, when did you get into the, the north sort of first team then um i had uh, a couple of seasons there and i suppose i i saw it the north first team when i was about 18 right okay um i was playing with the likes of uh stuart gawley uh andy page um uh, puggy elliott he was there then gary busson you know, some some really some fantastic characters. So, you know, Gary Busson, he's one of the strongest men I've ever mm. I, I've ever propped behind. Nick Townsend, again, you know, he just he, he just wouldn't go anywhere. Um, put, just like his brother. Yeah, yeah. Paul Clear, um, he's a, he's another hooker I played with. Probably the fastest legs on a hooker I've ever seen in my life. Um, and you know, it's I, I've been fortunate because I've I've played with grandchildren of the grandparents that I played with initially because my career is you know it's gone um last this year was the first season I haven't played a game of rugby and I I, I didn't I did intend to play a game but uh um unfortunately I had, I had my kit in the car and I was told I wasn't required and that broke my heart <laughs> <laughs> absolutely broke my heart thanks but thanks but no thanks fat boy sod off <laughs> whether it's because I make the changing room smell a because of my age i don't know but uh <laughs> it um yeah I, I wasn't very happy about that to be fair but uh you know there, there's i will i will have a couple of games i i'm not you know I, i'm not going to grow up gracefully i'm not going to start wearing a trilby up at and a mac <laughs> um i'm going to fight it every step of the way yeah i mean I, that, that's one thing i want to do as well i want to keep playing as long as i can yeah um like, like we said earlier the changing room crack is, is you yeah. can't replace it. No. Or you can have a beer with them afterwards, but mm. when you put that shirt on, you go out there and you bleed and, you know, you fight mm. for, you know, if you like with the, with the boys, it's, yeah. it's it's different to just being there with the, having a beer. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you go. You know, if, if you, if you talk to another rugby player, 
once you get rid of all the oh we done this and we done that bullshit out of the way and start you know you you find you've just got so much in common you know it's usually about the love of the game um and you know i uh i i'd, I'd give my right arm you know to be 10 years younger and have a few games if i didn't have a right arm i wouldn't be any good but you know what i mean <laughs> um it, it would be great to um you know i've always said i'd stop um if i felt i was embarrassing myself and i think i probably got about 10 or 15 minutes left in me you know okay but those, those those 10 or 15 minutes would be really really important you know i'd get off blowing out my ass but um you know, I'd uh, I'd enjoy I'd enjoy those. If, if I ever said that about embarrassing myself, I I'd have probably played about five minutes of rugby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I seeing these kids train and play now, and the kids are so, such big, strong, physical specimens. I'll tell you what, though, it, it bloody hurts now. Yeah, it really hurts. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I, I, I think one of the last games I played was um. It was it was at the Saris. It was it was, it was a game at the Saris, and I, I was I think it was a cherry pickers game. I okay, in. yeah. And uh, you know some of the hits that went in there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's not when when you're playing, you're fine. It just takes you like three weeks to recover. Whereas you know you play twice a week, you train twice a week, better rugby league on a Sunday, and yeah, you know a couple of games of squash in the week. Not a chance. Not <laughs> a chance. But yeah, I can play squash. That's too quick for me. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, um, do you remember much of your debut in general, really? Even if it was with the fifth team, do you remember that first North experience? Yeah, the, th the thing the thing I um, remember most about that team, there's another guy, obviously most of the, a lot of the old players I know are dead, um, but there was a guy called Derek Wakefield. Derek Wakefield was the greediest bastard you've ever met in your life. <laughs> and I remember, all, all I can remember about that game was watching Derek Wakefield. Whenever he had the ball, he would never pass. He, he was a little tiny fella. He, he was only about five foot four. He would get hold of that ball and he'd just tuck it under his arm and off he'd go. And I, 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 I thought, I'm sure you've got to pass this bloody ball, you know. And he would just get smashed and he would get smashed. And he would just get up and carry on doing the same thing. Um, and he, when he stopped playing, he, he went on to ref and he was a crap ref. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's... Uh, but don't we, don't we think they're all crap though? Well, do you know what? Um... I was thinking about this today, funny enough, when um, when I agreed to do this, because I think the standard of refereeing generally is we're struggling. I think there are some really good referees. At, at what level do you think? At, I, I would say at our level, you know, uh, Gloucester 1 level, Gloucester 1, Gloucester Premier, yeah. um, Western Counties level. Um, I, I just think we're really struggling for good refs. You know, I think it's um, it's kind of a thankless task. And also, do you think they're trying to... Because obviously we see more and more kids doing it now. Do you think they're trying to force them through? Um, maybe, but, but I think it's it, it's it's difficult to um, ref a game that you haven't played for any length of time. And yeah. a, and a, a, you know, you're not everybody's not going to be a first class class player. But you know, when I when we were playing decent rugby, we had refs like a, a guy um, a guy from Gloucester, Tony Tony. Um, you had Andy Melrose, you had Whitey, you know, some world-class refs, you know, um, uh, Bayliss, uh, some really good, really good refs. And, you know, I, I would, the, the the best ref we had this year, and I'm not saying it because he, he refed our game against Ross, was Billy Fishwick, by far. He, you know, he, he let the game go. 
Um, he, he allows you to play rugby. I think I think the thing with Billy is that he he um, he talks to you. Yes, and yeah. you you can have a bit of a crack with him on the field as long as you're you know sensible and whatever. But he he talks you through his decisions. Yeah. He tells you what's happening. Yeah, and you get these officious refs that you're not allowed to talk to them. No. You know, but if, if, if Bill is talking to you and you listen, he will let the game flow. And all you want from a referee is consistency. Whether it's crap, you know, whether they're crap, but if he's consistently crap for both sides, you kind of deal with that. Yeah, you can do. But yeah. it, it, it's when, you know, one minute a decision goes one way, he doesn't see... Yeah, and a ref can't see everything. And, and I say it... I don't want to be overcritical of referees because it's a, it's a tough job. It's a thankless task, and it's certainly something I want to do. But you know, maybe uh, the Gloucester RF you should look at um, you know the way these kids are coached, the, you know the levels they're uh, letting them do, and perhaps, perhaps more of a support mechanism for them because yeah. you know the, the, nobody goes out to do a bad job. Nobody goes out on the pitch, yeah. whether you're a player or a referee. And it's about and you know it's about how can you. Well, how, can you, how can you facilitate that person getting to the top of the tree? And I say, whether it's playing or refereeing, and it's going to be all about support and coaching and mentoring. Yeah, I mean, I suppose one, one thing you could get these um, these young refs to maybe do a, a coaching course. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure. In, in amongst their refereeing courses. Yeah, uh, at, least, at least they'd understand, you know, what, you know, what goes on. Yeah, because if they've never played the game, then no. it's just like, they might as well just read a book and yeah. then go and pick a whistle and it's not all about you know it's not all about um it's not like football where you don't have to you know i think you, you went uh, it's a simple game but there's so much the rules are so different that i think the toughest rule in a game of footy is offside anything else you, you know it's, it's quite clear whereas yeah. you know you've got so many different laws to look at you know coming in from the side lying on the ball not releasing not rolling away quicker all that sort of stuff i i get that it's um it's you know it's a personal thing you know it's if somebody might allow you one second somebody might allow you three seconds yeah but as long as you got that consistency you know I'd, I'd be much happier if the referees adopted that sort yeah of I mean we, we had that with with Waters um, a couple of years ago we asked him about the um, how long do you give um, on the advantage and he he said it it depends mm. it depends on on what's happening in the game and you know different different referees yeah. play it differently that's another laddie I mean. But he was—he was a great fly up as well, Phil. But, um, oh, don't say that, he, Dan! Can we take that out? He's—he's—he's <laughs> he's, uh, he's one of the best fly ups I've ever played with. But he, also, he's—I um, think he's a really good ref. You know, it's again somebody that's that's consistent and he'll do a good job for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we played that game um, against the Egg Chasers a couple of weeks ago, and unfortunately, he still had a had a bit about him mm. playing. He's, yeah, he's he's still a good player. Yeah, you never you know, you never lose it. You you look at those lads from um, the cherry pickers. You know, it it doesn't matter how how old you are when you're playing with people that have played at that level. Yeah, you can afford to make a mistake and take your time and, and you know because you've got skill sets that help you get out of it. You don't have to be as quick as you were. Yeah, and it's um, you know, I, I like watching the old boys play. Yeah, Rob Fiddler showed that as well. He um. For a big lump, he he still got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um he's a nice guy too, Rob. Yeah, yeah. you know there there aren't to, to be honest, there aren't many assholes that you know that play rugby. There there are blokes that are horrible, you know. <laughs> but you know, and yeah, yeah, I may even be classed in that category myself. <laughs> but um, but I I think all in all, I mean, there's no, 
you know, I, I think all the, the animosity is gone. It's not like the old days of North Pats, you know, where, you know, you only had to see each other uptown and it would kick off. It's, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased with that, um, you know, they've got to where they are. You know, they had an awful season for them last season and, you know, they've obviously got some rebuilding to do. But um, the, the rivalries aren't like it was. I think the rivalries are more about now trying to attract players. And, you know, again, another great mini and junior setup. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's right. It is about about player attention, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, bringing the young kids through, making sure, I mean, I think, um, and I don't mean this, again, I don't mean this disrespectfully, you know, you get a lot of kids in certain areas go to university and, and you don't see them, then they're off and they do what we do. A lot of the, maybe a lot of the Cheltenham kids, certainly when I was coaching at Cheltenham, a lot of the kids, as they got to Colts, they they do their cult stuff, and they go off to university, and you you don't be unlikely to see them again. Um, I don't know what the uh, demographic is around the, the kids at Esther's Way that go to university, but it's certainly not going to be um, huge. So there's a massive chance that you're going to retain those guys that will go on, you know, you know hopefully play for the for Saras for years and years to come. That's what we're hoping, you know, especially with the with the with the youth we've got there now, we're hoping yeah. that. I mean, obviously, we hope that they do well academically, and if they want to go mm. to university, then carry on. But yeah, but um, we, we hope we're trying to trying to sort of instill into them, you know, when you come back, remember, you know, remember yeah. where your club is. Well, and, and that's that's exactly what we're trying to do with the north. You know, we play you know players like Dale Lemon, who's at Cinderford. He was a North boy. You know, he's he's playing with Paul Morris now. Um, we've got a number eight, uh, a, a Christian Williams. He's um, He's just been involved in the county setup. He's he's good Kiwi fella. Uh, he's a, oh, not not the Christian Williams I'm thinking of then. No, it's oh, there's there's Christian Williams that's um, often mistaken for my son, and uh, oh Christian Williams who would never be mistaken for my son because right, he's, okay. he's a Kiwi with a big beard. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean before we get on to the uh, listeners' questions, we have got the um, uh, the best, and we're going to go through that. Um, are we going to do uh, one for Cheltenham Surrey's and one for Cheltenham North? Or? Well, no, no. What, what we're going to do? Um, I wondered how you were going to do it. Yeah, what we're going to do is um, basically of all, of all the um, of all the, the Cheltenham North teams that you've played or, or seen, um, who, in your opinion, is the best forward ones that you've played with? Ideally, that's a really tough question because there's been a lot. Um, there, there, there's been an awful lot. Um, I got. I, Probably say John Wood, Johnny Wood in the back row. Okay. Um, you know, I play with some fantastic props, but John's all round ability, um, thick as <laughs> But I tell you what, he, <laughs> he, you know, he'd tackle himself if he could. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he plays with his art on his sleeve and never yeah. ne- never leaves anything off the pitch. He, he's, when he comes off the pitch, he's done everything he could do. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd have to go for John Wood as a forward. Okay. Um, what about the best forward you played against? It's probably Nigel Redman um, for Bath. Um, he's, you know, he was really good. I, I, I took him to the cleaners in the line-out, which was more about, because uh, there was no lifting then, and I was quite good at bullying. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that was at Stoke Road. So, yeah, probably Nigel Redman. Okay. Um, the best back you've played with? Stuart Gawley. Right. Stuart, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, uh, we, we were fortunate to have uh, Stu Gawley and Rich Blake at Scrum Half at the same time down the north and um blakey was so unbelievably unlucky because 
you know, Blakey, he was great. Um, he'd go on the floor, he'd, you know, he'd get kicked. He was hard working, scrum half. Um, great pass off either hand. But so did Stu Gawley. But Stu had that bit of flair that would win you a game. Um, you know, he could, he could step off either foot. Um, he'd, he'd be an absolute nightmare to tackle. And um, if, if things would have been different with his leg, um, he'd have gone on to play first-class rugby without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Uh, the best back you've played against? Um, I would say... I don't really... Backs. Do you know what I mean? Um, I would probably say Hamlin, Mike Hamlin, for, the, for Gloucester. Okay. Great player. Um, you know, again, there's been some, some really good... You know, uh, local players. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Hamlin was a great fly half. Um, Dave Randall, uh, when he was, you know, he, he was obviously a club mate of mine for a long time. David Martin Randall, um, again, best number eight and best fly half. But the trouble is, when they were playing together, nobody else got a touch of the ball. Right. You know, they were, they, again, they were so talented. Um, but again, fantastic, you know, fantastic pair, pair of players. Okay, uh, the best trainer? Well, it certainly wasn't me. <laughs> uh, probably probably Neil Carpenter. Um, I think I think Neil was... Uh, he, 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 the longevity he's shown, because he's, he's 50-something now, um, still playing in our first team. And, and I wouldn't... You know, he'll probably have a go at me for this, but I wouldn't suggest he was a naturally gifted player for a prop. And what he's done, I think he's worked extremely hard to get himself in that position. You know, if I've got a criticism, he needs to, you know, when he was a kid, he needed to shut his mouth. He liked to talk. And if he'd have kept his mouth shut, I think um, he'd have been an even better player. But um, for, for the effort and um, the passion he's shown, he, he's out there every week. You know, nothing got in the way of that. You know, work came second. So, yeah, I'd say Neil Carpenter. OK, uh, best tackler. Steely, I think it'd be close between Steely, John Wood. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't choose between Steely or John Wood. But you know, you certainly felt it when Steely tackled you. Right. Uh, the best finisher. Um, a bit of controversy, I think, because you know I've played with some real good finishers, but uh, Ian Northcott probably. Okay. Yeah, he was. Um, he wasn't built like any other winger I've ever played with in my life. But I tell you what, he, t he you know, once he got that ball in his hand, he could go. You know, they, again, there was um, Adrian Kane. He was really quick. Um, I played. I played. We had a guy, uh, Alfie Hilton. Um, he could finish, but he just couldn't see. <laughs> and and uh, you know, he uh, he dropped more balls than he ever caught. So you know, I can't count him in there. But yeah. Um, I would probably say Ian Northcott. Okay, um, this one, not necessarily the, um, we're not going back to the best tackler, but who's the biggest hitter? Again, um, I, 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 probably Scotty, Chris Scott, maybe. Again, again there, there wouldn't be much between him and, and Mike Steele for big hits, okay. I think. Um, you know, they, uh, <laughs> the, well, at, at the, um, the Organ Brothers, again, they could tackle. That, that you know, they were um, a good pair between them. You wouldn't want to be tackled by either of them. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, uh, bravest. Bravest or stupidest? I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> well, you decide. Um, well, somebody with no fear would be somebody like Tony Large, um, you know, but the kid's got a screw loose. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know whether it's... Um, he just he, he just doesn't see fear. Um, uh, but, you know, people like Johnny Joins, Gary Busson, you know, they would never take a backwards step. Cliffy Brooks, um, you know... Cliffy, Cliffy was sort of a mentor when I first joined the North, and he used to frighten me to death. Yeah, he he was, um, you know, nobody, nobody would take Cliffy on anywhere in the county. He, yeah, yeah, that much of a reputation. He, he absolutely fearless. Okay, uh, who was the quickest? Apart from myself, who <laughs> um, was the quickest? I would probably say um, n probably Nathan Bressington. Ali Bressington could run, but I think probably Nathan Bressington was one of the quickest I've ever played with. Okay. Uh, slowest? Uh, that'd be Nick Townsend. <laughs> that'd be Nick Townsend. He's probably still running to a rook now. He's, um, yeah, he, he wasn't fleet of foot, was Nick? No. no. Um, who was... The loosest on the pitch. Gary Joins. Yeah, without a shadow okay. of a doubt. He likes swinging, did he? Uh, him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, Jock, Jock Smith, he, he could, you know, he, he could get his hair off. But uh, Gary was an absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare. He'd, um, yeah, he'd upset everybody. But the signs of it, you with 11 the red cars, you, you weren't too bad. Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, um, none of mine were deserved. No, it was, no, it was, all, it was, it was all mistaken identity, unfortunately. Yeah, of course they were. It, like, like you alluded to the refs earlier on, their eyesight in those days were awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, loosest off the pitch. Loosest off the pitch. Gee, you know, I'm i got 40, 40 years' worth of people to choose. <laughs> In a rugby club. Yeah. Um, the loosest off the pitch. I'd have to say Gary again. Gary joins again. He, he was an absolute mare. He, he, he'd annoy people on the pitch. Then he'd go out and get drunk. He'd annoy everybody else off the pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, he's... Uh, I, I think Gary was like Marmite. You either love Gary or you hate Gary, and I spent a lot of my career making sure the people that hated him didn't hit him. You know, <laughs> you know, the, 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 especially around the prom club days. It, uh, yeah, he took some <laughs> looking after Gary on occasions. <laughs> um, okay, in your opinion, who who has been the best clubman? I would say Neil Carpenter, or Neil Carpenter and Malcolm Kedwood. You know, they've uh, Malcolm. Malcolm has been there. Since, since day one for me um and he, you know he's always got the the club at heart along with his wife betty you know they're fa you know fantastic what they do for the club um neil carpenter i say you know ever since he was a cult he started as a cult down there and i say he's 50 now and the amount of work and effort he puts in adrian wakefield you know a lot, a lot of really good people that do an awful lot okay um Who's been the best coach or manager? <clears throat> Our current coach is very, very good. 
for, for the lads we got now. But I would probably have to go with either Kevin Powderly or Paul Morris. Two really talented coach, coaches in in different ways. They both um, they both got their own style of coaching. Um, both worked for me. Um, you know, they they took me to places because I they coached me late on. Um, you know, they took me to places I didn't think I could go. You know, Kev Powderly took me to a county cup final um, when I was about forty years old. Um, you know, that was a great achievement. Um, PM, you know, he looked after me. Um, you know, he, he, even though it was bit parts, he, he realised I could still offer something. Um, and I appreciate that. And if it wasn't for the way they coached and um, the stuff that they taught me, because, you know, Paul Morris, I, I'd never played against Kev Powdley, but Paul Morris and I had a um, a huge rivalry when, when we were playing, when it was the North Pats days, because, I mean, great scrum half. Um, he wasn't as good as Stuart, I don't think, as Stu Gawley, but he was a he was a different player, a different type of player. Really, you know, he's strong upper body, a lot taller than Stuart. Um, and I remember out sprinting him to score in the corner <laughs> against the Pats. And I w- I would consider, you know, I scored I've scored a lot of tries in my time, but that's probably the try I remember the most for that reason because it meant so much against a player of his quality for me to be able to do that. Okay. Um, okay. The best player that you've played with? Stuart, again, Stu Gawley, without a shadow of a doubt. The most, the most talented. I wouldn't say he was underrated because I think people could see his quality. Um, but uh, he, he was um, a massive talent. Massive talent. And the, the best player that you've played against? Probably Teague, Mike Teague. He, you know, um, just after he came back, uh, j- just before he went to the Lions, um, and he had that Storm game. He, he was in exceptional form then. John Gad, he, he another another good player. Um, I think that the the, the the Gloucester side we played against Cheltenham was um, Teague, uh, Gad, and Rodri Lewis, <laughs> Welsh international. So. Um, but uh, yeah, they were they were they were good days, and uh, I say you know, cracking players. Right. Okay. Um, now we're on to the listener questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Should I consult a lawyer? No, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be all right. No, I'm no, like... no. There, there, there's no lawyers. You might yeah. want to just call for an ambulance first, though. Well, <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I might pop at the Sarah's the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay. Right. I've got the names, so I know who said it. Right, uh, Liam Cooper said, um, "Who would win in a fight between the North's president and the Saris president?" Probably the Saris president. Big Roger. Yeah, Big Rog. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, he knows that. He knows how to swing a punch, Rog. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's just like his son. The pair of them, spiteful. <laughs> <laughs> right then, I'm not going to put it off any any longer. Jack Kerr. Why are the North so? Um, because they're all right banging your mum instead of training. So if you know, it's it's probably his fault. Brilliant. So, so if he if he could tell his mum to buck up, keep the door locked, we could have a lot more players at training. <laughs> okay, um, Jack here. Has Jimmy Mack ever lost to the North? No, I don't think he has. Yeah, I think that's a rhetorical question, isn't it? Have um, has Rich Pruer ever lost to the Saracens? No. no. No? Okay. 
Oh, sorry, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> I lost in my first ever year when Mark Latchford um, dropped me. Mark Latchford was captain and uh, cup final at the Prince of Wales, and he dropped me because I went on holiday and they lost six three, and I was so f- happy about that. I was <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack here. Uh, would the North ever win a game without being carried by Dan Hewitt? Do you know that? Although he's trying to be a Saki bastard, right? That's a really good question because we are. I would consider we've come on from that because um, when I, when we spoke about disciplinary problems, Dan Dan was the biggest problem for us. You know, he he would drop his head um, and he would get himself in a state where it would affect the players around him. You know, he's grown up an awful lot. He's um, that he's starting to take more of a leadership role, um, you know. And I wouldn't say now. Yes, Dan is a really good player, but we've got some really strong players now. You know, with the likes of Sean Dunwoody, um, we, we've got the Howler Twins. Um, we, we've got some really, really good boys that um, are, are really making a difference for us. A Christian Williams in the county squad. So you know. I, I get where some of these questions are coming. I know they're a bit tongue in cheek, but I get where he's coming from. Um, but it's a, you know you you look at you look at Saris without um, Jimmy Mack and James Butler, It'd be a totally different side, you know, totally different side. You you need players to add quality, and also Dan Hewitt is a really good club man. You know, he he, he runs the social side of things for us. Um, so you know, I don't know about win a game, but he's he, Dan Hewitt is certainly an asset to our club. Okay, yeah, cheers, Jack. Um, right, Moron, Ed Moran, would you rather be North's head coach or Theresa May? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I'd go for uh, uh, North's head coach. I don't think anybody would like to be Theresa May at this moment in time. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Theresa May wants to be no, Theresa no. May right now. Uh, I think, um, you know, she was under a, a poison chalice by that coward Cameron. You know, we ran off and let her, to, let her take the blame, and because of that, she'll go down as the worst PM in history. Bless her. But um, <laughs> now, the sooner she gets out of that, the better. Backstabbing bunch of Tory bastards. Not that I'm um, politics at all. But... No, we've, we've tried for so long not to have any politics on this, on this podcast. Um, oh, moron. Who made more progress in 2018-19, North head coach or Theresa May? <laughs> I would uh, same again. Right, we'll, we'll just go on yeah, from that. But we we had a good season last year. You know, yeah. the promotion said it all for us. Um, you know, it was tight. You know, it it was very tight towards the end because the Crips result didn't go our way. It was at one point, mm-hmm. and we was you know we were stuffing Ross at one point, and then all of a sudden Crips were winning, and we were um, two points behind. So that last kick of the game made it for us. But uh, yeah, I, I'm happy. I'd, I'd be happy to be head coach. Okay, um, Daryl Francis, um, he's he's always sensible. Daryl, I can't believe it. He's it's um, the last person you'd expect. Yeah. As well. I know, yeah. But he is actually quite bright, Daryl, as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Vegas at the minute. <laughs> Lucky kid. I wish, wish I was there. Um, we've already we've already answered these. Um, he's asked, um, what's the best player you've played with um, at the North and the best Saracens player you played against? So we've we've already answered that. Yeah. So, so listen back, Daryl. Um, Russ Morrison. Uh, which was better, rugby when you were younger and in your prime, or the game today? I don't know um, if 
it's very difficult to compare because the game is so totally different now. Um, I'd have done all right. If, I'd have, if I was in my prime and I was playing the game today now, I, I'd do all right um, because, you know, it, it, it's all about crash. You know, for me, um, I spent all my career between um, the inside centre and the fly-half taking a lot of crash ball, you know, setting up rooks and walls and um, creating overlaps. You know, that, that was kind of, that was my game. Um and that's kind of like what a lot of people do today. Mm. That they take in, they, they set up these breakdowns, and the more you can tie into the breakdown, the more the more gaps you leave. But um, I wouldn't I wouldn't change my playing days for anything. As, as much as I love watching the game today, um, and I'm envious of you know I watch people like you know Jimmy Mack play, and um, there's some really talented forwards uh, that you know the Sarahs have got, and I think Jimmy's a good leader too. I think he's a very good leader. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's playing a brand of rugby that, that, that he wants Osiris to play. Um, and I think he's a good role model. Um, okay, Russ Morrison again. Um, what, if anything, would you change in today's game regarding the new laws that have been brought in? I think... Um, I think... The, I, I, I'm not sure about the new scrum laws. I, I think it takes away... Um, I understand why they, they've been brought in, but I think it uh, takes away the opportunity for forwards to scrimmage. I don't necessarily think it's a competition anymore. You know, in our day, the scrimmage was a competition. If you had a good front row and a good hooker, um, you, you you could win a lot of ball against the head. How many balls are won against the head these days? It's, it's just, it's almost like rugby league. It's, it's, a, it's a way of starting the game. And I understand the safety aspect, aspects of it, but um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to to see a bit more competition at the scrum. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bash. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather fight the White Twins one after the other or four Sean Meherans at once? I'd fight them all together. All together. <laughs> I'd fight, you know... I. It doesn't matter. I, you know, I'm an old man. I got nothing to lose. Okay. Um, I think, to be fair, I think that's a good shout. I think this is something. As much as I said, "Oh Jesus!" at the beginning, I feel this is something that needs to go into the quickfire questions. <laughs> <laughs> For every guest from now on, would you like to fight the White Twins one after the other, or four Sean Meherans all yeah. at once? Yeah, oh, okay. I love that. That's like that's like a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized horse duck. Yeah, <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> This one here is um, from Pitters, and <laughs> I hope it's true. Um, you were running the line once, and there was a scrap going on. Yeah. Now, I've done this as well. <laughs> Don't talk us through it. It's, again, you know, it's a case of mistaken identity. I'd, 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 um, I'd done my ribs, so I was, I was running the line, and we were playing Barton Hill. Oh, Le- lovely side. And <laughs> as the... Uh, as this second row came back, he punched Johnny Joins straight on the nose and sat him on his ass. So as he went by me, I cracked him with a wooden flag. Now, when, when I went to the disciplinary, because <laughs> um, unfortunately I got sent off and was told I could, I suggest I'd never run the line again. <laughs> my excuse was, I didn't mean to hit him with the flag. I meant to hit him but there was a loop on the flag that was attached to my wrist, wrist, so it looked like I was cautioning with a flag. 
actually I was right <laughs> but it, it still didn't stand up I still I, I you know I still got eight weeks but um which it worked out perfectly because um <laughs> me rib, me ribs were just better by then yeah I did that against a Pontypool hooker <laughs> <laughs> um okay Adj has asked do you think you can try and sort out a um a North v Saris Vets game on the on the same day as our first team plays well we what we got to do, right? Is it's important that the um, the Jimmy Connolly Memorial game, which everybody at the North were, were really disappointed at, about, because you know we had to concentrate on our league program, and people were really upset about it. But um, you know, my rationale was: what would Jimmy Connolly do? Jimmy Connolly would say, "You go out there and you win that game. It would be nice to play, you know, for somebody that you really love and you really respect." But, you know, you've got to do your day job first. And, you know, it was a really disappointing time, um, you know, and, you know, I, I apologise to Judy. But going, going forward in future, I, I promise we will play, um, whether it's a Vets game, but, it, it, you know, in memory of that fella that brought so much to both clubs. Yeah. Um, such a gentleman. Hard bugger. You know, he was a tough bugger, was Jimmy. Um on on and off the pitch, but I tell you what, again, you he was one of the nicest men you've ever met in your life. Or always, you know, always straight over with a beer in his hand. Always, you know, welcome me. Great coach for um, you know bringing the younger ones through, um, bringing out their skills and abilities. You know, he was second to none. Um, I, know, sec and I second that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to be fair, he, he taught me how to throw a line out, and even now, it's the only thing I can actually do properly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd imagine he taught a few people how to throw a punch, did our gym. But, um, <laughs> but again, you know, it, it's another great. You know, when, when you you played the game for as long as I have, you know, you you you. I, I remember the you know Jimmy never coached me. You know, I I sort of did a bit of water carrying for Jimmy when he was down at the north. Um, but again, you know, a great coach, a really passionate coach. And um, he, he took the club. He, it was when he was there, he started to build this. He started to take away that yellow belly that we started to get and started to bring back the old North passion. Mm. And, uh, you know, we'll always be grateful to him for that. He, he started the ball rolling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, OK, on to these. These are all from, from, from your lads, from the North boys now. Uh where do you see the club in five years, particularly the kids? The kids are going from strength to strength. We've got, we've got a really good setup there. Um, you, you know, the, the future's re looking really bright for us. Um, yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan Hodge and his, uh, Dan and Liz's wife um, are doing a great job, um, along with a load of support staff. We got we got a good bunch of coaches. Mike Scarfield, you know, another you know North veteran he's been down there a long time he's doing some coaching down there Adj Wakefield um, you know we get a few of the first team at, at, you know helping you know, doing some of the stuff um, and I, I think we'll go from strength to strength but you know it's like I said you know you've got a great setup Pats have got a great setup um, Cheltenham probably got the best setup of all and you know they're two miles down the road from us so you know, we, we, we've got to work hard to, to try and consolidate um, with regard to the rest of the club. In five years time, you know, you know, I don't I don't want people to criticise me for having a lack of aspiration. But I, I think, you know, you, you need to understand that we are, you know, we're, we're, 
it'd be very, very difficult for us to become a Southwest One club again. You know, it, it would be very difficult. And I would, I'd like to see us maybe um, push, push him for a Western Counties title. Um, you know, or, or, or you know, maintaining our status in Gloucester Premier because you know I'm under no illusion that is a real tough league. You know, yeah. I, I've seen you know coming up to your place, I've I've seen some real good games up there. I saw the Berry Hill game where the, that poor kid went to kick to touch and your winger caught it and scored and beat him in the last minute. Um, you know, it, every everybody is it's so nip and tuck. Anybody else could beat anybody on the day. Um, so if we can consolidate in that league. That, that would be great. Okay. Um, why do you think you're so good looking? I've all, I always have been. I always have been. I think it was, um, you know, when the doctor slapped, slapped my face instead of slapped my ass when I was born, it kind of like just pushed things into a certain place. And um, if, if most of the Saris lads, they want to ask their nans, I'm sure they could back me up. <laughs> um, I didn't quite get this one. Right, but hopefully it makes sense. Um, how did you turn Cowardly Lamb into Lammy the Lionheart? Uh, when uh, Jimmy came over from um, Brockworth, and again, you know, an amazing talent. Probably one of the, Jimmy is probably the best second row I've ever played with. Um, and I, I, I think what it was, he came over and he was, you know, skinny, stick thin. Um, probably the easiest bloke I've ever been able to lift in my life. Um, we had a theme tune, but I believe I can fly because I could hold him up there for a fortnight, Lammy. And, you know, it, it was great. But he, um, you know, I, I didn't turn him into anything. He, he he filled out and he became the wonderful player he is. And not just a wonderful player, a wonderful guy. Really, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a gentleman, uh, a fantastic player. Re again, another really good clubman. Um, and he, you know he's got a lot on his plate. His dad's poorly at the minute, um, so I, I, I want to take the opportunity to to wish his dad well and hope things are okay. Um, and I'll look look forward to catching up soon. Okay. Um, why did you become president? It's it's a it's probably the biggest honor, one of the biggest honors I've ever had in my life. Um, to be to to be asked to be asked to do that, to be part of something that you were brought up with and you love. Um, it's you know apart from having my children it's it's a massive thing um you know my wife Sue, she she supports me she she thinks it's great for me um so it's something something to get involved in yeah i don't i don't want to work for much longer probably another year 18 months um uh and then i want to spend a lot more time you know you know promoting the north and getting out there and doing a little bit more but um it's, it's a massive honor for me um probably the biggest thing that's happened for a long time Okay. Um, out of the current crop, who is your favourite player and why? Um, I like Sean Dinwoody. Um, again, a quiet, um, quietly spoken guy. Um, real, you know. You you just you you have to watch him in a game because he's he's you know he's there's a lot of stealth he's in he's doing what he's supposed to do, and again you know he's not like your big Dan Hugh in the centre you know crashing tackles you know putting people backwards, but what he's doing you know he's he's okay you know he's playing in the back row and um, he's really versatile, 
and he's uh, you know he's he's a quiet man, but he gets on with his job and, and does really well. I said you you've got the Hyler twins, they're you know great players too. You know, it's the comment that was made earlier about you know Dan Hewitt being a one man team. It's we're way past that now, and hope you know hopefully we'll show that when um, you know when we meet up later in the year. Okay, what are you most looking forward to this season, and how do you? How, how do you think the North will, will do? I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to the Saris games. I'm really looking forward to the Saris game at your place um, because I can walk up there and walk back. Um, <laughs> well, walk back? Yeah, yeah. Over to Crazy Sue's, you know, bag, bag of fried rice and have a, have a wander home. <laughs> I, the last time I got really drunk at the Saris, I went to Crazy Sue's, ordered some Chinese, me and my wife ordered some Chinese. She was more than me. And I'd spent all my money at the Saris. <laughs> and to this day, I don't know who it was, but it was one of the Saris boys. And if he could make himself known to me, I'd really appreciate it. Paid for my Chinese. And, you know, I can't remember who it was. I, I, I was I was comatose going home. And you're, I, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that game. Looking forward to playing Long Levens as well. Long Levens is always... Um, a tough game, some good rivals at Long Levens. The quick draw quiz. This is literally quick fire. Just, just give me a, a first answer that comes in your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, red, white, or blue? Red. <laughs> Obviously. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Surf or turf? Surf. East or west? North. No, I took north or south <laughs> out. <laughs> Okay. Um, mayonnaise or salad cream? Mayonnaise. Rock, paper or scissors? Rock. Rolls Royce or Aston Martin? Aston Martin. Football World Cup or Olympics? Football World Cup. Australia, New Zealand or South Africa? New Zealand. Only Fools and Horses or Forty Towers? Only Fools and Horses. Elvis or the Beatles? Elvis. Cucumber and gin, yes or no? Yes. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Marmite, love it or hate it? Love it. Tottenham or Old Pats? <laughs> I'd rather cut my tongue out than answer that question. <laughs> yeah, you haven't actually noticed what I'm wearing. Pardon? You haven't I, actually noticed what no, I'm wearing. I, I have. I have noticed. I've, I've, I've been trying to be polite. <laughs> I'm sat here wearing my Tottenham yeah. shirt. It's been signed by Chas and Dave. Yeah, yeah I'm, look, I'm looking at. You know, I'm looking at. Looking forward to. You're the looking weekend. away. Well, because we you've got, you've got um, Scouse fighting at the weekend, so we're we're going to watch Scouse fight at the weekend okay, yeah, yeah. and you've, you've got the Champions League at the same time yeah and um, you know I, I I couldn't bear to watch Liverpool or Tottenham win I know one of them's going to have to yeah um, but Tottenham winning it just doesn't sit right but if, if the if the Scousers win we won't hear the end of it, it no, you know, it's, know. it's, it's going to go on forever so I I I, w- I would probably want Tottenham to win that, and I and good luck to John on Saturday as well. It's, yeah, it's, I second it's, that. Yeah, it's yeah. a worthy cause he's fighting for. Um, I've still got my nose print in his hand, in my hand, where I handed him off for the Saris North Vets game. <laughs> so you know, struggle with that a little bit. He's, he's <laughs> giving me a bit of arthritis. That great big snotter of his. But yeah, good, good, good luck, buddy, and um, you know, just just stay safe. Right, and then we're on to favourites. Um, have you got a favourite joke? Um, yeah, my my wife will love this. A book fell on my head the other day. I've only got my shelf to blame. <laughs> 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 
But that is her favourite joke. That, that, that isn't my favourite joke. That's her favourite joke. That's not the worst we've heard, to be fair. Yeah. No. There, there have been some bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favourite song intro? I'd say the Rocky theme tune. Okay, yeah. Good shape. Uh, your favourite fancy dress? I don't do fancy dress. If I did, uh, I've never, I've never done fancy dress ever. <laughs> An Arsenal shirt. Um, <laughs> your favourite drink? I would. I, I'm not a big drinker, to be fair. The only time I drink is when my father-in-law's home, or I go at the Sarah's, to be fair. Otherwise, I don't drink. But I, I would say, um, I like a gin and tonic, sat in the garden, you know, listening to a few tunes. Without cucumber, obviously. Um, what's that? <laughs> Palmer Violet gin. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like not, sweets. Not a big fan of that. No, I didn't like that. Um, right, okay. Your The favourite game that you've watched? Well, it certainly wasn't the Arsenal game last night. That's a sure fact. I would probably say the when England won the World Cup in Australia, I was fortunate enough to be there. Um, yeah, and that was something else. I'm going to um, Japan for the first month for the World Cup. I was meant to meant to speak to you about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going out in um, September. I've been. I've been in the gym. Yeah, but I've um, <laughs> I've come back. This bloody job. Um, I was going to go for two months, but I can only go for a month now because work won't let me take the two months off. Very selfish. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I met the guy I'm going to be working for um, yesterday. Funny enough, and uh, yeah, it looks quite exciting. <laughs> Got your spare tickets. Um, I would probably better find you some if you're going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is it. Right, okay. Um, favourite game that you've played in? I would probably say beating Lydney in the County Cup. Um, we, did, we didn't get to the final, but it, it was an old North game rather than a newer North game. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a great game, that was. Okay, uh, your favourite player of all time? I would probably say Martin Johnson. Martin, yeah, Martin Johnson. Um, I think, yeah, I think he was um, legendary status. Yeah, yeah, I think he was a great player. Uh, okay, favorite stag do? Lammies. <laughs> Obviously, there's no, there's no stories can come out on that. No, no, no. That was um, uh, apart, apart from. Um, I think I think if I remember rightly, it was his. It was after a it was a cup game. So I I remember a cup being there, and I remember Brett, my eldest, throwing up into the cup. So uh, yeah, but that that was Andy Pages was a good stag night as well. I had to like the Norwood. Uh, it's changed a bit now, but the, the Norwood they had a food bar, and someone bet me I couldn't eat a family sized trifle. <laughs> and um i got to the last bit of dream topping and then we went to to the five alls nick nick didn't nick it wasn't nick's pub then but we went to the five alls and i'd been drinking guinness as well and i nice. threw up and you've never seen anything like it in your life it, it wasn't was, a dream topping after that was no it? no it certainly <laughs> wasn't it certainly i wouldn't have liked to have followed me in there anyway oh crikey um favorite tour uh i'd say the Ant tour of antwerp that was a good tour that was a good tour. A lot, a lot of good memories. Um, Johnny joins who's who sadly gone. He was, he was on good form. Um, there was a bit of whipping that went on, but that's not for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, swiftly on. Um, 
your worst moment in rugby? I would say doing my cruise ship. It took me a long time to get to get back from that, and it put it put me out for about a season and a half, um, and I wasn't sure whether I'd play again. Um, and that was a really tough time for me. So sort of, mentally, it was a really tough time. You know, there's a lot of talk about mental health, um, and rugby was my life, and not being able to play the game I love um, was really tough for about a year and a half. Okay. Okay, and your best moment in rugby? I would say... I would say watching my middle boy, Joe, go over for his first try. Joe, 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 um, Joe and Brett have both played... We've, we've all played together in the North, and that was probably... That was another great achievement for me. Um, Brett's... A lot more like me, he's, he's, he can be quite angry when he's on the park and, you know, a bit volatile. Whereas Joe, um, if he put his mind to it, he's got great hands, you know, but he's just lazy and bone idle. <laughs> and, and, you know, to, to see him score his first try was probably, you know, it was great for me. I wish he, he says he's going to play again this year. Um, and I'd, I'd love to see that, you know, but he's got his two lovely little boys. Um, and I, I'd, I'd, you know, love to see them out in the north along with him. You know, watching him play rugby. Okay. Um, right. So what advice would you give to your younger self? Keep your keep your hands down. You know, it, it was a it was a different it was a different game then, and you know, you certainly you certainly wouldn't get away with it. But um, you know, the the lack of discipline probably cost us a few games. You know, we. You get to a stage. You know, we had a conversation when we were walking here. You you. You know, winning isn't everything. Well, it is after you when you when you're grown up. It, that's that's what it's all about. And for me to let the rest of the team down by getting sent off as much as I did, I, I regret that. I, you know, I think we'd have won a few more games. You know, probably some important. Games. So, you know, some people deserve chinning without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> but you know, it wasn't always down to me to do it. I think. Okay. Um, have you ever been mistaken for someone famous? Only Christian Williams. Funny enough. Yeah, people um, ask me if I'm still doing the ambulances. I said, no, that's my older brother. <laughs> um, which World Cup do you think England would do best in this year, uh, rugby or cricket? Well, they have a smashing start with a cricket. Um, Brilliant against South Africa, wasn't it? Yeah, that uh, that catch of Stokes is was something else. Oh. Unbelievable. Wow, yeah. Um, it's a tough one. It depends which, which England team turns up. You know, if you've, you know, I think it was great that uh, they didn't win the Six Nations. Um, you know, it brought them down to earth. Everybody was touting them to to win it. I, you know, I think um, you know, Wales got a great chance. Obviously, the Kiwis are going to be favourites. Australia are doing well. You know, you can't write off the Scots. Um, you know, I th but but I, I I'd like to I'd like to see it. You know, France are doing really well. It's a really tough one. I I, I think it's too tough to call. I think I think I'll leave it to the bookies. Okay. Um, if you could attend any sporting event, what would it be and why? Even when it's just happened. I'd have liked. I'd love to have been at the nineteen sixty six World Cup. You know, football World Cup. I, I'd, I'd love to have been there. You know, that's uh, again. His, I know it's a historical thing. Or I'd like to, um, you know, be there when a, when a North win one of these cups that you know Matson and Coneal and the such seem to do so well in. 
uh, it, it would be great to you know to see them uh, win something like that. But you know, it's a long way to go. And we, we can all aspire. <laughs> um, which crisps make the best sandwich? Plain, plain crisps. I, I'm not a big crisps fan. I eat smoky bacon. Okay. Um, right. If there if there was a Royal Rumble type comp- uh, competition, and all those involved at the North uh, were involved in it, who would win? Me. Okay. Easy peasy. Uh, if you were a drink, what would you be and why? Um, I think I'd be something like absinthe, because <laughs> some people really like it, but a lot of people really hate it, and you know I think that's about where I fit in. You know, people either love me or they hate me, and I don't give a which really. Um, you know, because uh, I don't go out to to get people to. You know, you are what you are, and if people like you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. Um, you know, that marmite thing we spoke about earlier. But uh, yeah, I'd go for something like absinthe. Okay. Uh, who would play you in a film of your life? Um, somebody like Dave Batista, I suppose, or. Um, Vin Diesel, well, not Vin Diesel. I think he wears platform shoes or something, doesn't he? But yeah, somebody like uh, Dave Batista or somebody like that, I suppose. You know, somebody with ears and a nose like mine. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> which three people, dead or alive, would you like to have a dinner party with? Um, I think somebody like Yus van der Vesthuizen. Yeah. Um, my dad. I miss him more than anything. I, you know, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love my dad to, he, he wasn't a big sports fan. He only ever came to watch me play rugby a long time. But my, you know, what I've achieved in life, you know, I've got fantastic family, you know, a real strong family. And um, I just love to spend 20 minutes with my old man again. Um, and maybe Elvis or Frank. Frank Sinatra, somebody from them. Those Entertainment, things. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, who do you think will go furthest in Japan from the home nations? Heart says England, head says Wales. Okay. I think um, I think Ireland might struggle. <clears throat> right, Dan. I reckon we could be on to a winner here. Which is the best Bond film? As much as my favourite Bond is Roger Moore, but what I would I, I think um, I like the the Daniel Craig era where it's dark, you know, the things are darker, um, and I would probably say Spectre. Wrong. <sighs> there are, you know, I I I uh, recited James Bond from from bloody Casino Royale Thunderball onwards. Um, but but I say I, you know the man with the golden gun. I, I love that film. Yeah, Chris Lee. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Scaramanga, mm. three nipples. Know <laughs> <laughs> a few women like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it goes on, Dan. Unfortunately, Jesus, I've heard this for three years. Can somebody please <laughs> f- get it right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather know a lot about a little or a little about a lot? I actually do know a lot about a little. I know I my head's full of. <laughs> I can remember things like I can remember stupid things like um, 
the chef's name in you know uh, car, in crossroads and right, yeah. people's real names all stuff that has got no relevance real trivia life. yeah yeah um but i can't remember why i went upstairs <laughs> you know <laughs> if, if i if i could sort that out um you know then i uh, then i think I'd, I'd be all right um would you rather have biscuits for toes or watches for fingers I don't know where you get some of these questions from. Um, <laughs> Have you not heard this before then? No. Oh, thanks for no. listening. No. I'd, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd probably have uh, biscuits for fingers. Or toes. Or toes. <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather play the second half of a league season for Chatham Tigers or a cup campaign all the way to the final with the Old Pats? Depending on which era... I'd um, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go with Charlton okay who at the north would be voted out first on Big Brother I'd probably say Fester because he's the most boring bastard you've ever met in your life <laughs> uh, and who would win it um, me <laughs> Would you rather go uncontrollably curly or have a mullet? I wouldn't care. If I had hair, I wouldn't care what it looked like. So, you know, <laughs> my hair used to be uncontrollably curly, formed into a mullet. So I had a curly mullet. So okay. I had the best oh, of both. both worlds. Yeah, Both then. <laughs> right. Would you, would you rather go naked all the time or have a visible speech bubble? Go naked all the time. Good, okay. Yeah. Didn't even think. No. Just straight to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even need the second you, question. You didn't want people to see, see your thoughts. Is no, that I, I, I didn't. Uh, I, the second question was about, I love being naked. Just, you know. <laughs> All right, Morris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather play for England in a Rugby World Cup semi final or a middle Lions test? Probably the Lions. If you're good enough to play for uh, the Lions, you'd probably be the England squad at some point anyway. So I would go for the Lions. Greedy. Okay. I love it. Actual logic on this podcast. Yeah. We've yeah. not had that for so Brilliant. long. Hey, we're nearly there. It's fine. It's fine. Um, would you rather Arsenal win the league or a trophy or the North win the league or a trophy? Oh. <laughs> what a question. Especially after last night, um, I, I'd want the North to win. I'd want the I, I'm I'm used to the disappointment with uh, being a gunner. You know, the last few years. I'm a bloody Spurs fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel your pain. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, as you know, Sweet Caroline is the Sarri's anthem. Uh, the North got an anthem. Um, I, I, you say Sweet Caroline. I think uh, Sweet Caroline's a lot of people's anthem these days. It's, it's just a great number. We've got our um, coast of Aberystwyth that uh, everybody seems to know and love. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I haven't been in the changing rooms as much as I should. And there, there are a lot, a lot of young lads um, in there blasting out this. That and it is it crap. is yeah. yeah. It's it's just. Lots of bass. It's just noise, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just bass. So um, 
if they have got an anthem, I couldn't sing it. <laughs> um, okay, so what's your karaoke song choice? I Will Survive. Mm. I think that, that's the one I did uh, the last time I was at Sarah's karaoke. Okay. Me and, I think it was me and Christian, Christmas. Your younger brother? Yeah, my, my older brother. <laughs> older brother. <laughs> um, okay. Um, George is our younger brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any um, any advice for, for for the youth players, young players? Play as long as you can. You know, work hard, be the best you can possibly be, um, and play as long as you can. Because um, it, it's when you stop playing, it's life changing. You know, you 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 stand on that touch line, and um, you just uh, what you what you're taking for granted now. Um, you should never take for granted because once it's gone, it's it's there's not a worse feeling like it in the world. Yeah. Um you got any adverts or any social media you want to give a shout to? Um well we we've, we've got the North uh page. Um and you know, as soon as I'm sat at a Sarah's podcast, uh, we want to invite any new players that um that you know would like to come along and have a run out. You know, I, I realise they've got lots of clubs to go to and as I say it's a Sarah's podcast, but we're welcoming new players at any ages. Um, you know, come down and see what we're about. It'd be great to, to see you. Okay, Dan, any, any more to add? No, that's it, I think. Well, thanks for coming on. It's 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 been a fun chat. I mean, I love the old stories, so... Yeah, me. You know, I, I can listen to this forever, but unfortunately, we, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so have I. Yeah, I, I like, <laughs> go home and have something to eat, because I'm ang. Rich, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure, Mox. Cheers. Well, then there we go. And we wish the very best of luck to Rich in his brand new role. Just in reference to what Rich was saying, it is a Sarri's podcast, but it kind of isn't at the same time. We are a Sarri's supporter podcast, I guess you could say, but we are completely independent. Everything we do is paid for by ourselves. We're self-funded, self-organized and self-produced. And that's kind of how it's always been. So we are an independent podcast just following Cheltenham Saracens and any other club in Cheltenham as well. So uh, if you want to get in touch uh, and you want to feature your club on our podcast, do let us know because we're more than happy to find other perspectives and other opinions and even more hidden gems in terms of stories. So do let us know, utspodcast.gmail.com if you want to get your club involved. And who knows, we might hear a little bit from outside Cheltenham as well. Maybe if there's any teams in Gloucester or Gloucestershire. Or who knows, we might just have the North on again next month. I don't know. If you've listened to that show and you think, actually, that was a really funny chat and I really liked what I heard. Well, first of all, awesome. Second of all, make sure you go and get involved on social media. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All of our accounts are at the UTS podcast. Or you can listen to older episodes on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash the UTS podcast. Or failing that, head over to our website, utspodcast.com for a list of shows. Each of our guests have their very own photo as well. So if you don't recognize a name, maybe you're new to your club or you're new to a club in Cheltenham or you're just new to the area in general, you've stumbled upon this, you like that. And maybe there's a couple of names you don't recognize, but you might be able to recognize someone from their picture. 
head over to utspodcast.com. All of our guests have picture profiles and then you can have a look through. And if you recognize the face, you can listen to that episode because they're all absolutely free. How awesome is that? So once again, a huge thanks to Rich Prewer for coming on and joining us and sharing his rugby story with the Cheltenham North on our podcast, which is awesome. Thanks to Mark Moxie Collier for arranging the chat and for dropping the updates in about the pups and the cubs. A big thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, whose music Cold Funk and Private Eye we use royalty free under the Creative Commons License 3.0. And a big thanks to you guys at home, wherever you happen to be in the world whatever you happen to be doing when you listen whether you're doing the ironing or you're doing the hoovering which kind of wouldn't make sense because you wouldn't be able to hear it or if you're driving to work whatever it happens to be uh, whatever you do wherever you are and whichever club you support it doesn't have to be just the Cheltenham Saracens fans podcast it could be grassroots rugby in general if that's what you want it to be we'll be back again in a month's time at the start of July and that's where we hope to see you again In the meantime, go and listen to all of our older episodes as they're all absolutely free, as we said, soundcloud.com slash the UTS podcast or utspodcast.com. On behalf of Mark Moxie Collar and myself, up the Saris, and we'll see you again in July. Hold up. 